bad. That's Bush. No, that's Batman. <laughs> it just shows how crazy a 1960s television show compared with political rhetoric from you know yeah. the 2000s. Batman, Batman, George Bush. Hello and welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who doesn't understand why people don't expect wine to taste like grape-flavored vodka, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who believes that every fruit tastes better after fermentation, Mike Albright. And of course, the man whose audio wizardry means he can make the sourest of notes sound sweet, the man far, far too handsome for a crystal ball, Jesse Clark. Today is September 16th, 2015, and we're recording episode 62 Cider, I hardly knew her. For more information on any of the segments from today's oh, show, <laughs> visit our new and improved website at www.blindtigerpodcast.com. We're going to milk that new and, and improved for like a year and a half. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to the show on iTunes. Our podcast is available on Stitcher, and we have moved our entire catalog of episodes over to SoundCloud as well. We provide news, reviews, and just about anything involving brews. Don't miss out and subscribe today. This week, we are enjoying the fact that the city streets are not littered with the shrieks and cavorting of children devoid of structure in their lives. Children who spent wild summers reenacting the lawless hedonism of Lord of the Flies. Instead, they now tirelessly study facts and figures the public education system demands they memorize to be considered adequate citizens. It is in celebration of the return of school that we devote today's episode to fall and its ciders. Thus, our opening question this week is, other than apples and pumpkins, what would you add to a beer to make it appropriate for this season? So, Mike, take it away. So, I'm thinking a nice trick-or-treat beer would be amazing. Mm. If I was able to concoct a delicious double IPA that would make anyone's eyes just light up, only to have the taste turn into some form of black licorice or other unspeakable taste. Actually, making it turn from sweet, dank hops into maybe a pumpkin beer would be amazing. Think of all the crap beer fans drinking my new beer called Cinderella's Carriage. <laughs> oh, sure, she's the belle of the ball. You tell all your friends what an awesome beer it is, but you would never let them have a sip. It's just too good. But just wait until that beer slips half past full, and suddenly your eyes bug out of your skull as that 70 IBUs of freedom turns into intense nutmeg and coriander. Ew. What the hell, you scream? What happened to my beer? But your fairy beer mother just rolls her eyes. She warned you, and you didn't listen. <laughs> That's some serious Willy Wonka shit going yeah, right? on. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, um, I didn't go that route at all. <laughs> uh, that, that that is pretty. Yeah, that is Willy Wonka there for you. Um, yeah, I'll play a little flute, and the Oompa Loompas will come out and haul you away. Yeah, well, there's only a fifty percent chance that the burner was on at the moment, or whatever. <laughs> Wasn't it like fifty oh, yeah. percent chance that he? F- oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like yeah. That, yeah. Is it like I thought I was the only kid in fourth grade? Like, no, these kids might be really dying, and like, oh, isn't this cute? Yeah. Like, no, I think they're dying. Uh, well, I think the uh, the paddle boat scene pretty much shows that yeah. movie is not cute and cuddly. It uh-huh. is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they show that to kids. Yeah, it's a little messed up. And the new one isn't any better. In fact, the, uh, the opening track, I think, of Marilyn Manson's first album mm-hmm. was that that uh, that that boat scene. Oh, like him doing that like, monologue? Yeah. 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 I think it might just been a sample of the actual no, thing. Nice. No, he sang it. Did he? Yeah, he. Uh, I, I remember I saw his. He opened up for Nine Inch Nails back in 1994 before he had that album out, and I was there, and he opened up with that song where he was nice. like, "Why are you doing Willy Wonka? Who are you?" Very tall, strange man. Well, now he's touring with Billy Corgan, and it's like Jesse's 1994 just, all over again. <laughs> Jesse means the song "Imagination." <laughs> <laughs> Although in American to cover, that would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been. Anyway, so autumn is the season for badminton. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, so it is badminton season, and nutrition is an important component of badminton because it's an energy-sapping, fast-paced, quick, reflexes-oriented, fast-racket game where the speed of this, this that, that shuttle clock can go surpass more than 200 miles per hour. So a badminton player has to take care of his nutritional requirements on and off days for this nutrition, for this badminton player. So, for example, on an off day, a badminton player must get 2,500 to 3,000 calories. 
And then on a competition day, this goes up to 5,000 calories or more. This type of player needs to keep track of their carbohydrates, their fat, their protein, their electrolytes, and vitamins, minerals, and of course, water. And so I would start with, for this badminton player, I would have... I would add the carbohydrates and electrolytes that you would find in maybe a goza, and maybe add proteins from chickpeas or something like that into this single beer, this single mm. nutritional beer for the badminton player. And this badminton player preparing for this season of competition would definitely thank me for this. No, he won. I mean, it's alcohol. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Nobody else would thank you either. Yeah. <laughs> Ch chickpeas? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, was, I, I couldn't think of baked beans. No, you know, some no. kind of other beans. No, oh, they yeah, wouldn't yeah. go at all with this. No, um, yeah, I think that's the best I had. Um, I no. can see the marketing now. Gator beer. <laughs> Tastes Gator like beer. cock. No, shuttlecock. <laughs> shuttlecock. Nice. I don't know why I saw it flying off the shelf. <laughs> uh, well, for me, when it comes to fall, there's really only one flavor that springs to mind, and it certainly isn't allspice. It certainly isn't nutmeg or cinnamon or all the other travesties to spiced beers. It isn't apple or wheat or anything like that. To me, it's the flavor of fire. Mm. When I think of fall, I think mostly of campfires, while the pyromaniac keeps the impending winter weather at bay for just a little longer. My addition to making a fall beer would be making a smoked beer with just a hint of sweetness. I might take a nice pale ale and add a hint of smokiness to really make me think of s'mores and flame-kissed hot dogs, beer, and buddies all around an open flame, a.k.a. fall. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, uh, so we've been having, we have fires, like, even when it's way too hot. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we have fire maniacs in France, but yeah, like, like tonight is almost, like, yeah, getting there. Where, it's almost uh, good enough. Yeah. Like, I'd still want to, like, maybe if there was the fire and I was, like, 30 feet away from it to where I don't feel the heat and it's kind of like oh it's there that's nice but um yeah well with that let's move on to a little beer news beer news I'm going to start us off with some local news so owls of Hamden bitches about dogfish head copyright claim <laughs> uh, so I don't want to get too far into this because they ended up ultimately apologizing but Thank you. In just one more bit of evidence that the popularity of pumpkin beers needs to wane dramatically, there is a dust-up over Pizza Boy's Pumpkin Disorderly Pumpkin Beer. Pizza Boy Brewing Company appears to have gotten what is essentially a form letter from Dogfish Head Lawyers stating that they fear the Pumpkin Disorderly was named too similar to their Pumpkin Beer that is a registered trademark in the good old USA. Being the mature adult that Al of Al's of Hamden is known for being, he posted a screenshot of the offending email from Dogfish Head on Facebook with the following message, quote, Here's the bullshit template letter you get when a business owner doesn't have enough balls to just call you up and has someone send a letter instead. But they sign it from Sam. I make a handjob motion repeatedly that you can't see right now, end quote. <laughs> Clearly taking the moral high ground. Uh, the post was later removed from their facebook page and i assume pizza boy and dogfish head will come to some sort of amicable agreement but i am shocked at how ugly trademark disputes can get because of a lack of empathy and maturity on both sides um so yeah it was um i have a link that'll be on the show notes that actually goes to a blog article that has an archive of the image before it went off facebook and disappeared forever but um yeah basically uh it alleges that the email was sent from sam caligione uh blah 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 but it's clearly a form letter probably from their legal department um basically saying that the fact that they use the letters p-u-n-k-i-n in order um is a trademark violation and so i would assume that since the beer is pumpkin disorderly not just pumpkin um that they could probably work something out <laughs> you know I hope uh yeah so i assume that they'd actually contact each other and actually figure it out without having to go through lawsuits or any of that jazz but it just kind of shows i can understand al being a little pissy about it but at the same time like this is going to happen because at this point it's not like sam's going around going haha it's probably their lawyers just going through untapped looking for anything that says pumpkin in it yeah and then being like we got to send a thing to protect our trademark and um you know i don't think you can really bitch at dogfish head as a you know entity and at well, the same time i mean if you have attack dogs and they bite someone you're responsible for you know the attack dogs you know what they who they bit true right true. so uh well and i'm reading this now and it's actually like it is a form letter but it is it's it's not like cease and desist or we're gonna sue the pants off you it's more like hey uh you know how's it going uh <laughs> we noticed you have this beer it's really similar to ours uh, you know we're just you know, why don't you knock that off kind of thing. <laughs> and, yeah, so, I mean, 
it's it's not like I, I I thought like maybe it was like maybe it was like the attack dogs like you know if you do not cease calling this beer you know by our intellectual property name you will face you know massive fines or whatever but it's not like that at all so I, I think they and the problem with the internet of course is that everybody immediately wants to vent their rage to anyone and everyone and sometimes they don't really think they just throw it on there and now they kind of look like idiots put, putting that on there yeah I mean they're 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 sweet they say um they hope that you continue to make to create exceptional beers but under a new name so as to avoid con- consumer confusion um you know and they're actually pretty sweet about it the only thing that i thought was particularly bitchy is that uh they say that um they've been brewing their beer since 1995 and have secured a federally registered uh incontestable trademark uh. Uh, for that beer and i'm like yeah but that's that's literally language that's maybe the only right. thing that's a little bitchy uh but the rest of it actually yeah for a form letter is actually super sweet there's no like we're gonna sue you there's no cease and desist it's just sort of like hey could you maybe change this name and let's start a dialogue about it um but al apparently didn't take it as friendly and just say that right after that we wanted to reach first reach out to you brewery to brewery without lawyers to see if we can work together towards a resolution that would work for both of us so I'm going to take that invitation, put it online, and say I am making a jerk-off motion under the table yeah, right. where no one can see. Real mature. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Al's a bit of a character. Hmm. I imagine. I'm going to open up Bob's of Hampton and see how long <laughs> it takes for him to sue the pants off me. Will he call me up and be like, hey, I just noticed this. Uh, uh, don't think that you can trademark the city name, so <laughs> I think you're all right. So I can start a band called Chicago? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> If they're from Chicago, if they're from Chicago, perhaps. We'll do a different one, Boston. Wait, no, I can't do it. Yeah, why is there not a Lancaster band? Come on. Well, with that, let's move to a little national news. So, Mike, what do you got for us? All right. Hey, how about this? Taco Bell to add beer at two of its restaurants. Sweet. Taco Bell, long the establishment that catered to the after-bar crowd, has just decided it no longer wants to be the place where you puke and pass out but where you can get trashed as well. It's instituting beer and wine at two of its locations in San Francisco and Chicago that are aiming to be classier establishments and move the company to more towards the trendier idea of, quote, fast casual. Beer and wine will be served in San Francisco, while the Chicago location will also add sangria and what they are calling twisted freezes, or alcoholic slushies. No word yet on what beer will be offered, but one can only hope Budweiser or Miller will team up, no pun intended, uh, with the PepsiCo to release a... Mountain Dew Baja Blast beer. <laughs> In addition to the much-loved exclusive soda flavor, there will be a twisted freeze uh, of that flavor, though. So, yeah, if you've ever been to Taco Bell, you'll notice that they have this weird Mountain Dew called Baja Blast. I know some people seem to really love it. I think it tastes like... Don't Mount- think I've ever had it. I've had a lot of the different Mountain Dew flavors. Yeah. I don't think I've had Baja Blast. Mm-hmm. Mountain Dew is a little tropical twist to it, I guess, but there will be like Sounds one crazy. of those alcoholic slushies in that flavor. And if they made a beer like that that actually was that like kind of seafoam green unnatural color, that'd be amazing. I've had one sip of Mountain Dew ever in my life. Really? Just one? one? Yeah. I was 16 or 17 years old. It was, And uh, they were like, no, it's not carbonated, Jesse. This is back when I was oh, like, God, I had no. that allergy to carbonation. I was like, Mountain Dew's not carbonated. Anyway, so that was my only experience with Mountain Dew. I've never had one since. Uh, I mean, Mountain Dew's point is not to taste like anything natural or, or, or even tangible no well citrus i guess would be the closest thing (laughs) Uh, i drank a lot of it i don't know if you asked me what does mountain dew taste like i would probably be like yeah i don't have any clue how i would like orangey minty somewhere between take take those two flavors like a citrus flavor and like a mint flavor and go right to the middle of them where they don't really have the properties of either but doesn't really have a property of anything else mint and orange how does that what yeah it doesn't have a it's like an unnatural flavor it doesn't like you can't say it tastes like watermelon or it tastes like cherry or it tastes like purple it doesn't taste like (laughs) anything that i can ever compare it schnozberry doesn't taste like schnozberry but even the code red that is bright red doesn't taste like anything red does again it's like a different made-up flavor that's never been invented before Mm. wow and then uh, there was like tons of other flavors too like uh, they were selling like they had like a white one and a orange one yeah per- there was a purple there I was a purple one Mountain Dew yeah. purple <laughs> so they don't even try to say like natural ingredients yeah. no, it, it tastes like fruit with multiple U's and <laughs> tastes like a shit ton of caffeine and sugar is what it tastes like but it's so so good <laughs> probably drank enough to fill like a Olympic sized swimming pool in my life it's been a long time since I've had it though wow alright <laughs> so yeah another uh, exciting national news helium beer the next craft beer trend 
So it appears that the world is going mad for the latest and greatest of craft beer trends, helium beer. I've seen a few videos going viral of craft beer nerds drinking a delicious cold beer with a luscious head only to begin speaking a few octaves higher after a sip or two. We all should know now that most beer is carbonated with CO2, which gives beer that bubbly and slightly harsh flavor we all know and love. We should also know that sometimes nitrogen is used in place of the CO2, creating a smoother texture in our beer. So is helium going to be the next gas to be in beer? Well, no. It appears that this is a hilarious prank by Stone Brewing Company that was an April Fool's joke that seems to have sprung legs and went running. The idea was so awesome that it was copied by many and spread around the inner tubes. Craftbeer.com reports that not only has Stone admitted it was an April Fool's joke, that it is actually scientifically impossible for the following reasons. Helium is not soluble in water, or beer in this case. Thus, you can't carbonate beer with helium like you can with carbon dioxide or nitrogen. Adding liquid helium would be impossible as it turns from uh, liquid to gas at approximately negative 220 degrees Fahrenheit. So you'd end up freezing your beer solid. And even if you could somehow add helium to beer, it would cause gushing because, again, helium is not soluble in beer. So the minorest of vibrations, that thing would just shoot out like Mentos dropped And it's also flammable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. not helium. Hydrogen. Oh. Hydrogen is the yeah. one. I thought helium was... Oh, no, no, helium is no. only used because hydrogen sorry, is so sorry, damn Sorry, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, so while it would be amazing at parties, this isn't just going to be possible without breaking the laws of physics. So, uh, yeah, don't be fooled by this. I've seen, like, a couple of videos in the last couple of weeks of... Really? And people being like, oh, where do I get it? Where do I get it? And it's like, no, 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 not a thing. Not a real. If you see it, it's some creative editing. They're drinking a beer, huffing some aluminum off camera, and then coming back in and being like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. <laughs> I believe Marissa and Emily were doing that just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Uh, uh, nice. Yeah, um, definitely an inert gas, although hydrogen beer would be interesting. We could call it Hinton beer. Hinton beer. <laughs> so, like, letting your farts, yeah, you could let your burps, man. right? right. Yeah, yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, made it the humanity. <laughs> and there goes your esophagus. Uh, oh. So, anyway, Mike, go to me a little international news. Tell us all about this upcoming beer apocalypse. All right. Yeah, prepare for the coming beer apocalypse. Uh, AB InBev plans to purchase rivals SAB Miller. So, and bear with me, what do Budweiser, Corona, Stella Artois, Bex, Bass, Hoogarden, Michelob Ultra, Modelo, Lowenbrow, Boddington's, Ten Barrel Brewing, Goose Island, Bush, Kieran, Landshark, Elysian, Natural, Rolling Rock, Shock Top, Blue Moon, Foster's, Grolsch, Line and Google, Mickey's, Miller, Milwaukee's Best, Peroni, Strongbow, and a whole gaggle of other international brands all have in common? Oh my. They could very well be made by the same company. Just today, AB InBev announced it is... Uh, offered to buy UK-based SAB Miller. This merger would not only give the combined company, which I'm calling ABSAB, a (laughs) dominant domestic market share, but they could literally be brewing one out of every three beers sold in the world. The cost of such a deal would be a cool $122 billion and is more proof that the big are just getting bigger. Uh, Such large deals have a history of running into antitrust allegations by the Department of Justice, but, you know, money always finds a way, and AB InBev may just have to give up a pittance to get what they desire. SAB Miller, who has a, a partnership with Molson Coors, may have to relinquish that holding, but with all the big players shacking up together, there may not be anyone left able to purchase on, or run such a large business. Money so, always finds a way. Was that a little Jurassic Park right yeah, there? Yeah, I was going to do yeah. the whole like, <laughs> uh, 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 Probably money, subconsciously. Like, finds a way. <laughs> so yeah, if you think about it, because SAB Miller also like pretty much does Molson and Coors, you could literally have Budweiser, Miller, Coors, and Molson all be under one umbrella. So then the Simpsons joke of like Duff, Duff Light, Duff, Duff Dry, Dry would yep. really just be Budweiser, Coors, Miller. Exactly. All of them coming out of the same tube. Wow. Yeah. And especially with the way like, so basically AB InBev has been been in the news because they've been buying up a lot of like the big craft players, Elysian, you know, Goose Island. Uh, but I guess they want more of a international share, and that's what SAB Miller has. Like, if you look at their brands, most mm. of them aren't really recognizable because they just own a lot of uh, South American and especially African uh, labels. Gotcha. So basically, this is like their power play to get into more uh, international markets, but it would still create this huge conglomerate of a company. Um, SAB Miller can still deny the, I mean, it's basically like them saying, hey, we want to buy you, and SAB Miller has to respond now. I guess it, this isn't like a hostile takeover. Mm. SAB. What does SAB stand for? Uh, s- shit. It's a it's a c- acronym for a bunch of other businesses. Yeah, All right, because a lot of these companies, especially like AB Miller, AB InBev, excuse me, has been um, they've been merging with various companies. So I know AB InBev, in- in- InBev was like I- international something, and 
some sort of beverage company. But anyway, yeah, that's probably what it is. Oh, South African breweries. Okay. Oh. Which would make sense. Uh, and actually, this makes good business sense, uh, considering AB InBev has not been doing great, um, especially in the you know Western world, as craft beer is taking up in popularity. They're losing market share. So they could go to uh, developing countries mm-hmm. where the sort of expensive craft stuff isn't going to hit anytime soon. One, it's not like Dogfish Head or even Sierra Nevada or, you know, uh, Boston Beer Company is going to start distributing to, like, all parts of Africa or something. Um, so a, it would be sort of a trap market. Plus, um, the expense of that would probably make them a much more premium product uh, so that you wouldn't have mass adoption by the common mm-hmm. folk who are going to want to drink something that's probably cheap, mm-hmm. like the uh, you know average American. Okay. So yeah, this makes sense, you know, in terms of like shit, we're losing money. So um, I I see it. I don't know if um, Miller's really going to want to like agree to it though. That'll be interesting to see if they they want to merge. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they see like the writings on the wall too, as far as the craft movement getting, getting bigger, maybe they, this wouldn't be something they'd want to get into. Right. Yeah, it'd be like you know, if Pepsi's like. Your Coke's like screw it, let's just buy Pepsi and we'll go on. You know, it's like well, that, that's almost what this is, pretty much. That? Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, why doesn't Coke do that? Um, I don't know if technically they'd be allowed to. Okay. Um, or they're just a bunch of assholes who don't. Want to <laughs> Maybe they can't afford it. I don't know how big PepsiCo is compared to. Coke. I mean, I know Coke is bigger and significantly bigger, but I don't know if they have the capital to make a move on something like Pepsi. Um, well, but, it's always good to have a competitor. It really is, I think. So maybe it's right. good to have, like, an, you know, even if they're significantly smaller. Yeah, this is how I feel about, like, playing in sports. I, as a 34-year-old male who is 6'4 and over 200 pounds, always wants to compete with a 40-pound 7-year-old when I play sports. Because exactly. it's good to have a competitor. Because otherwise, you don't, I mean, at least it's a controlled competitor. Because otherwise, there might be a competitor that you didn't select. That's true. So it's like, as long as Pepsi's there and they can beat Pepsi, then, you know. This is true. And, and what, what I mentioned earlier about, um, like, uh, S.A.B. Miller having to give up Molson Coors, uh, what I meant by that was, like, back when, um, I think it was only 2008, when Budweiser bought Grupo Modelo, which... Um, had Corona under their umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order for that deal to go through, basically, Corona, or, um, ABM Bev, I guess, makes Corona, but they sort of have to sell it to like a, th- a third party. Uh, mm-hmm. That Constellation Brands, which is based in New York, and then Constellation Brands, then I think, then sells it. So it sort of like distances themselves, so they can't like do price fixing. Okay. Um, even though it's still like kind of they they pretty much own the brand, so hmm. it's kind of like a weird thing. So I don't know, like. That was just one of the things the article suggested was that, well, you know, they might not be able to, because I guess SAB Miller doesn't technically own Molson Coors. They're just in a partnership or, I don't know, it, it's probably some sort of corporate gray area. Weird. But they'd have to have a company, I guess they'd have to sell it to a company and it'd be a very large chunk of money. So if you want to buy a beer company, uh, you just might need, you know, $70 billion and you could probably have one. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I have that sitting Kickstarter. around Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Holy. Kickstarter, let's buy AB InBev or buy all these other... I was like, if we get... How many people... That, and I was going to say, like, at a million dollars each, I was still like, that's still a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Or a ton of people. Like, holy cow. So, 70 billion is a lot of goddamn dollars. How many people are in Canada? I'm sure if every <laughs> Canadian gave a dollar, they could buy Molson back. Yeah. Well, that might be true. Considering that brand's been suffering lately, too. Yeah. They all kind of have. Well, they have blue light and all that crap now. Like, yeah. Well, I'm tired of talking about beer, so let's drink some with our next segment. Beers from around the world. Beer from around the world. Beers from a galaxy far, far away brought home for your tasting pleasure. So I was recently in Vermont and got to try a few beers that uh, hail from that great state. And while I didn't venture forth to grab a ton of items from places like Hill Farmstead, Lawson's Finest Liquids, or The Alchemist, I did hit up the beer cellar for a selection of beer that is just unavailable, legally, within Pennsylvania. 
Uh, while Emily is traveling across God knows where, I promise not to indulge in too many of these delicious beers, but when it comes down to it, I have so many that to try not drinking some now is a crying shame. So this week we will be will be part one of probably several parts of the fine beers that I selected while in Vermont. The irony being that neither of these beers that we're about to try are actually from Vermont. Huh. Uh, Connecticut, New York. Uh, so I'm going to go grab them out of the fridge and we can get to drinking. Right. Cool name, too. What's it called? It's called um, Psychokinesis by Grim Artisanal Ales. Um, I'll take the, above the overheaded oh. ones since oh. I pour like a dipshit. Um, oh, so, wow. yes, this is called Psychokinesis. It's an American sour slash wild dry uh, ale. It's dry hopped with Eldorado, Mosaic, and uh, Jarilo mm. hops, I assume. It's 5% ABC, AB, ABV. Um, so, uh, Grim Artisanal Ales is from um, New York, and um, so this is uh, pretty awesome. Um, the uh, Beer Advocate score rates at about a 90. Mm. The smell is just, I, you can just tell this is going to be a sour bomb. Oh yeah. my god, but it smells... That's fruity, what the hell is that fruit? Uh, lemon, I'd say a lot of lemon. lemon. Maybe almost like a hand of grapefruit or something in there. Yeah, grapefruit, definitely grapefruit. I'm trying to think of all the citrus, citrus fruits. Ooh, that's actually not that. Maybe I mean, it's sour, but it's not a brutal not sour. A, no, no, not not that bad. Wow, that is smooth and delicious. And the hot flavor that comes through at the very end is quite nice. Yeah. Mm. Like I've always been like very skeptical of uh, like sour beers and hops, but this actually blends them quite well. Wow, I really like this. It is very lemon, lemony, very juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a nice meringue. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> lemon meringue pie is like my, far my whipped pie. cream on this. And oh. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, it looks like a tired hands beer, which <laughs> which anybody yeah, right. who knows tired hands would know. It's very light, very yellow, and uh, very cloudy. So, uh, yeah, I'm a... Uh, wow, this is... This is a good beer. Yeah, this is really good. Thank I really like this. Ooh, I wish I would have got like a case of this. Jesus. Yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a very full citrusy flavor. It's not just like pithy or uh, super sour up front. And yeah, just the way it kind of like mellows out and those those hops kind of come in. Yeah, I mean it's nice because you can obviously um, a lot of the complaints that I have with sour beers is that if you were attempting to give them to somebody who even liked soured flavors as an example of like what beer can be. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't get a lot of beer characteristics out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, holy crap, somebody liquefied a Sour Patch Kid, you know, and it gave it to me with bubbles in it, and holy crap, is it sour. Um, and I, I, you know, I like more of like the Lambic style where there there's some levels of complexity there. Um, and you can still kind of get like, oh, there's it started out as a beer and then things happened to it sort of stage. And I like this for the same reason that I could give this to somebody and be like, what is this? And they wouldn't be like, oh, it's lemon juice. They'd say this is a beer that seems to have these you know juicy citrus notes to it that are tart and tangy. Hmm. That's yeah. quite nice. That is very nice. Tell me more about this beer cellar. Oh, okay. So if you're up in uh, Waterbury, Vermont... And there is the uh, Prohibition Pig, which uh, two years ago when we were up there uh, was just a restaurant, and it was doing some small batch brewing. So they had a couple of beers on draft that were respectable, very good. Um, uh, but the food there is phenomenal. They always have Hetty Topper in cans. They occasionally have um, – shit, what's the other their, – their, their, their regular IPA that I just had, and I can't remember the name of it's called um, – the other big one from uh, oh, the Alchemist. Um, the um, yeah, blanking on the name of it. A picture of the can. Power of the internet. Um, what the fuck is it called? It's like uh, say like Raging Bull. That's not it. It's
focal banger and i didn't even no, see it course, i just yeah. <laughs> clicked on the thing that would have told me where it was and as soon as i did focal banger how could we forget that name yeah god i kept thinking local well, local something and i got stuck was, um, it, was it emily that was really disgusted with that name focal <laughs> banger <laughs> uh it does sound a little dirty so yeah anyway the prohibition pigs there uh they've recently expanded so they actually have a back building now that's uh, attached to the sort of the brew pub which has a phenomenal like whiskey selection as well um and then, um, you know, just find food. But they have the brewery there now. And then across the street from the brewery is this place called the Beer Cellar. And you go in there, and it's sort of like the fridge if they had no chairs and no food. And it was just in the <laughs> middle of the aisle, like it, where the sitting room. It was now more shelves with mm-hmm. more beer. Yep. Um, not as much cold. And so they do get shipments of Hetty Topper in there. Um, they're usually gone by Wednesday night, um, even with limiting it to four-pack and they just have a really great selection of beer. So I went in this year while we were there um, looking for, you know, Hetty Topper to bring home. Didn't have any. And I basically, you know, I, you got any Lawson's? No. You got any Alchemist? No. You got any Hill Farmstead? No. And then so I just went around and said, you know what, let's find a bunch of stuff, uh, some local, some not, and uh, grab what we can't get around here. And so this is one of the choices that I ended up grabbing. And uh, I'm really pleased that I did. Because I really like this. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. The, we good had pick. the same um, situation when I was up there, where you know you were looking mm-hmm. for lozenges, you're looking for heady topper, you're looking for a lot of things, and like everyone just didn't have any. Well, so about twenty minutes away from Waterbury, um, in a smaller town called Essex, there is the Essex Resort. It is a culinary resort and spa. And inside of there, without having to be a guest, there is a bar. Mm-hmm. And that bar apparently almost always, well, it always has Hetty Topper, and it almost always has Focal Banger. So if you end up making it to Waterbury and you can't find the delicious beers that you're looking for, go get a massage. Anywhere, <laughs> go drive up and hit that bar. Um, they also have, it's a culinary resort, so the food there is pretty oh, delicious. Culinary, I'm sorry, yeah. I thought you said spa. Uh, both. So, it's both. Oh. So you can get a massage and then ha- have a heady topper while you're at the bar and, and enjoy yourself. Um, it also has like a ridiculously amazing small restaurant where the uh, chefs there will prepare remarkably delicious f- food. And then, yes, there you can walk in and get a nice selection of Vermont beers and. Uh, you can ask for heady topper or focal banger. And it was pretty much to yourself, right? Like you said, all everybody else there was drinking like. Yeah, because they have no—they're not there for the beer; they're yeah. there for the spa and culinary experience. So they have no idea what the hell good beer is. So you walk in there and you're just—they're all like, "Yeah, I'll have that Long Trail IPA or whatever." And you're like, "You're fucking idiots!" I'm <laughs> that focal banger. Um, I mean, it's a little pricey because you're at a fancy resort technically, but um, you know, if you haven't had these beers, you've heard about them, and they're your white whales, and you're up that way anyway. If you can't find it anywhere else, you might as well go up. Um, and have a really nice thing, and then you're like ten minutes from Lake Champlain. You can kind of make a whole, whole big day out of it. So, um, so yeah, I stayed up at that resort and was very pleased that um, had this like five star meal, um, which was incredible. And then I'm like, I will have one of those heady toppers, and then I will have one of those focal bangers. Thank you. And ended up having way too much beer. Oh my god, <laughs> I was so full by the end of the night. <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah, speaking of beers from around the world, I apologize. I went out to Pittsburgh this past weekend, and I wanted to bring back some uh, Western PA beer, oh, but yeah. some pop. Yeah, <laughs> some, some icy pop. light. That's the only beer you're allowed to drink in Pittsburgh. I kept ordering a soda, and they just looked at me weird. <laughs> but uh, no, I went to the fanciest apparently beer store in Monroeville, and they apparently they had no like Pittsburgh beer there. None. Huh. That's sad. Cause it, very sad. I'm, I'm, I know there's like small breweries out there, and yeah. I know they can. Um, no, the closest thing, the closest weird thing I could get was probably like Fatheads from Ohio. Uh, but I had one of their beers by mistake. It was brought to me um, wrong. It was called Bumble Bumble Beer, and it was like the most god awful like fake blueberry and honey beer I've ever had. It was disgusting. Ew. I was like, I think what I ordered was an IPA. This is not an IPA. <laughs> oh, that's like when I got a harp instead yep. of. <laughs> and I was kind of like, this is the weirdest ipa I've ever had and then i looked at the menu i'm like oh wait there's another beer by fatheads on here that's a blueberry beer and that's exactly what this is no it tasted like fruity pebbles actually it didn't even taste like Ew. blueberry i think i've actually had that i went to um i was visiting my sister in cleveland and her and her boyfriend uh took us to fatheads and like they had i think like 18 beers on tap and they're like we can do flights of like eight and I said, bring me one of everything. And oh. so oh, no. I had little samples of a lot. I mean, I wasn't driving, so what the hell did it matter? Yeah. Um, so I tried everything they had on there, and I did have that blueberry beer. Um, 
very sweet you know if that's what you're looking for great you know it wasn't like it was not well crafted or anything like that it's just uh yeah if you're looking for an ipa and you take a sip of that that would be what? yeah a little bit of a head turner so the next beer we're drinking um is road to ruin double ipa by the two roads brewing company so this is uh eight percent abv and it's a big hoppy ipa with plenty of bite uh, our assertive hop-centric double IPA has a lean malt backdrop and is brewed with four American hop varieties: Summit, Palisade, Cascade, and Magnum. It should be piney, citrus, floral, and not for the timid. It definitely is that description entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Two Roads is from Connecticut, I believe. Um, let's see. Yes, they are from Stratford, Connecticut. Wow, the nose out of, out of the can, at least, it, it smells like actually like fresh like malt. Like when you yeah. go to, when you go to the brewing store and you get your grains and you crushed and you like take a whiff of them. I was gonna say like resiny, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I smell. And it is very malty too. Hmm. Wow, this is, I was this is a double be, IPA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I was expecting it to be a lot hoppier. I mean, it has a hop kick to Ooh. it, but it's also very sweet. Uh, this is a malt bomb. Yeah, not in an obnoxious way. I actually think it's very well balanced. Um, it's rustic. It's nice, actually. From you know, I'm used to getting punched in the face with hops with every double IPA. But mm-hmm. so this is actually extremely tasty. Yeah, this is um, refreshing. This is a double IPA. I might win like two of you know, right. like in a row without hesitation. Um, there is a hint of citrusy in there. You're right. Um, I do get kind of that earthy pininess the body's a little thick thicker like you should expect for a double ipa mm-hmm. um but you don't get any like an alcohol burn or like yeah. an over my palate doesn't feel totally wrecked i do have a little bit of bitterness at the end of lingering on my tongue but there's also like a nice little sweetness in my mouth to kind of offset that a bit very smooth for eight percent yeah not gonna ruin my night this is actually no i like this beer extremely tasty yeah, yeah. damn two so good choices it's almost like a very like good. It's 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 so thick actually in body that it's almost good for like after dinner. Like it's a good. I don't know. This is actually what I was guessing when um when we were at the fridge and um Megan got a beer and she was like, guess what beer this is? Remember it was like, yeah. and actually it was very similar to this where it had that thick feel to it. Um, it was it, the maltiness, whatever it was. It, she it was a beer by was that Poe or whatever it was. Oh yeah, oh, it was right. the Washington Baltimore. And, and it was um, so. Florida I mean, Nail. that was this is much more intense in many different in, in every way. This is much more just. Uh, but it's it's they're very similar. It seemed. I feel like that game is really hard. Uh, so the game Jesse's referring to is, I guess, um, his delightful girlfriend will grab a beer, pour it, and say, guess what beer this is, which is unbelievably wow. yeah, difficult considering the number of beer options that you have. <laughs> but I feel like if it was like, and maybe this is a game we should play on the next full episode, is here are six beers, You here are the bottle choices that you have, and here Ooh, are the beers and glasses, yeah. but you do not they're not like lined up in any way. So you taste six beers and go, I think this is that and that is that and that. And that. You know, I thought it was, though, because you were in, we were at the fridge, and it's like, all right, so if it was an IPA, and I did kind of cheat and also was thinking, all right, so she recently just got it. That means it's not like it's one of those that doesn't have a bottle in the front. You know, it's like, so it's, <laughs> I, was, I was being, after I looked through, it was like, all right, I don't see anything. Let me take another look and see which bottles were recently pulled. <laughs> um, yeah, I go. still didn't guess it, though. Um, I just don't drink that particular beer enough to really yeah. be an expert on it. Now, if you would have thrown like Sculpin in front of me, I pro- I feel like I would have some level of confidence in being like, oh, yeah, because I yeah. love that beer so much. But yeah. I would feel like if you put up like Two Hearted against like Yards IPA, um, up, up against like Stone IPA, up against like Arrogant Bastard, like these are things that would be. Like, let's I drink the, them a lot, but that's let's, fucking those, hard. Let's, I, think, I think I could do those four. Okay. I know them pretty well. All right. Well, I know what we're doing next time. Indeed. All right. Well, so these are the first two. I think I have at least, I think I have six more big bottles oh. and then two more small bottles. So hey. we'll, we'll do this again. I didn't want to get us too drunk. What are you guys doing tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that the GOP <laughs> debate was on. Or otherwise, maybe I should have gotten a Why smashed. Why don't you quick run back and I get another one? <laughs> and uh, well. So, uh, Mike, take us over to our next segment, a new okay. segment. All right, just a, a game that I want to play, a quick game. Uh, it's called Apple or Downton Abbey. 
are, are either of you familiar with Downton Abbey? Yeah. Have you watched it? You are? I watched up until I don't know how many oh, episodes. This should be fun then. See I'm aware how, of it. How I'm good Jesse is. I, I, I mean, okay. I've, it was until like 2012 I, was watch, I watched seasons. All right. Well, then we'll, we'll see how well Jesse does. Because basically, I'm going to na- uh, say a name, and you have to tell me if it's an apple variety or a character from Downton Abbey. All right. All right. Number one, Lord Lamborn. Lord Lamborn. I'm going to say that's an apple. I'm going to go with an Abbey character. All right. So, point to Jesse. That is an apple variety. Damn it. It's been a while since I've seen the show, so I have no idea, like, what's happened. Like, uh, there was a... I forget even what the girl's name, and she was supposed to marry that one guy, and I don't know if that <laughs> happened. And... I have no idea who the characters of Downton Abbey are, so I don't know if okay. I chose obscure characters or not. All right, but number two is Delbard Jubilee. Oh, I'm going to go for Apple. I'm going to go for Abby. Yeah, point to Jesse again. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> All right, number three, Thomas Barrow. See, that oh, I'm going to go. Like that's Delton. That's Downton. Okay, point for both of you. All right, number four, Duchess of Oldenburg. <laughs> I'm going to go for Apple. Apple. All right. Point I think it's like if it's too obviously Downton Abbey, it's got to <laughs> be an apple. <laughs> All right, number five. Pink Cor- lady. <laughs> Cora, Cora Crowley. Uh, that's Harry Potter. S- <laughs> 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 Good answer. I'm going to go for Downton Abbey. Oh, I'm going to go for Abbey. Yep. Point to both of you. All right, now we have number six, Lady Alice. Apple. No, Downton. Point to Rob. Yes. Oh. Number seven, Lady Edith. Abbey. Oh, that's Abbey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she died, I think. All right, number eight, Ivy Stewart. Apple. Abby. Point to Rob. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my Abby. <laughs> number nine, Manx Codlin. <laughs> These cannot be real names. <laughs> I want them who to is be... he Codlin? Who is he coddling? <laughs> I'd go for, yeah, but who would name an apple that, though? <laughs> Max what? Manx Codlin. I want to go with Manx. Apple. Uh, apple, yeah. Point to both of you. All right, and number 10, Brigitte Bonnier. Oh, let's go for Abby. Uh, Abby. Neither one of you gets oh. a point. That's an apple. All right, count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven points to Jesse. One, two, three, four, five. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven points to Rob. One, two, three, four, five, six. What oh, do we tie? You tied. Seven each. Woo! <laughs> hey, very I've good. Never seen an entire Friendship full episode. wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Aww, it. that's what Olga used to say. I have to go hang out with her. I've been hung with her. Friendship wins. <laughs> well, I'm glad I at least stumped you on one of them. But yeah, very good, Jesse. You know your Abby. Uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. A lot of weird apple variety names. A lot of them come from England and have some ridiculous. I was only sure on like two of them. Well, I mean, I, I chose more Apple names than Downton names, so the fact that you're just like, well, I never heard of that one, so let's go with Apple. Yeah. I recently played Who Said It, Trump or Mr. Krabs. Oh, well. <laughs> Wait, who? Mr. Pee Wee Herman Donald or Trump Donald Trump? <laughs> or Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob. Oh, Mr. Yeah, okay. And I, um, I'm not going to lie, I got 25 for 25. Not because I know Donald Trump that well, but because I know Ooh. Mr. Krabs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Watched a lot of SpongeBob in my day. I may have a t-shirt somewhere still that says, I smell the smelly smell of something that smells smelly. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have said that in class. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of this pop up though, like did Donald Trump say it or some mm-hmm. other random character? Yeah, I always enjoy George Bush or Batman, which uh, oh really? A friend of ours, <laughs> his comedy, uh, well, technically a friend of a friend of ours is actually the comedy troupe that actually made that video that nice. went viral. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> the, what, what, wait, what shout kind out of, to Secret Pants. Like, what's the? Can you name one thing? Like, we'll give an example. Yeah. Of Batman or Bush. Oh God. Well, we can watch the whole YouTube video because it's still on YouTube, so we can well, watch like, it. Like, what kind of thing? Like, I'm Batman. Obviously, that's no, not Bush. Oh, it would be like. <laughs> You know, they, they weren't using it from, like, the well, okay, TV so show what did or whatever. Batman he did say... have long diatribes against, like, fighting against evil. Right, and, exactly. Know, oh, so oh, I could oh, see oh, something okay, like that. I see. Wait, no, but, uh, okay, so there, there was a moment in, um, the, what was it, the Dark Knight? Whatever, when he was against the Joker, where he had that weird thing that was going on, where he, had that, where he was using cell phone technology to spy on everyone. Yeah, yeah. And then you had uh, Morgan Freeman's character who was against it. I mean, so that was very, like, George W. Bush against, like, you know, terrorism-type philosophy going on there. All right, and he's like, you know, you can't seriously think this is, you know, legit. Yeah. legit. And Batman's like, I just need to use it once, and then we can shut it down. (laughs) 
was in the United States or Batman in the 1960 TV show. I'm oh, TV show. Zach, I'm going to ask you as many as I can in one oh, God. job is to attribute them properly. Just the uh, answer yes or no? Uh, Bush or Batman. And if you can get half of them right, you win. You ready? Okay. Whether we bring our enemies to justice or justice to our enemies, justice will be done. Batman. Batman. That was Bush. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I solemnly swear by my office that this outrage will not go unavenged. Bush. Unavenged? Um, that's George W. Bush. That's Batman. <laughs> Bush. Batman. I thought so. We've climbed the mighty mountain. I see the valley below, and it's a valley of peace. Bush. Bush. That's Bush. Bush. Of our enemies. I like to think it's because our hearts are pure. Oh, God. Bush. Oh, wow. That's so hard. Um, it is in the interest of law, order, justice, good fellowship, and the flag. You must convict them to keep our streets safe from evil persons. Batman? Batman. That was Batman. The Constitution. <laughs> right, it's kind of like I have to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. That's Bush. No, that's Batman. <laughs> it just shows how crazy a 1960s television show compared with political rhetoric from, you know, yeah. the 2000s. Wow. Insane. That is wild. I will make a note to put that in the show notes as well. So with that, let's move on to a little uh, beer versus beer cider edition. Beer versus beer. Mike and Rob select the finest beer to pit in single combat for champion beer. Two beers enter, one beer leaves. So whenever I run into the saying that an apple a day keeps the doctor away, I wonder if the dispelling power of apples survives the fermentation process. Hard apple cider is one of the easiest fermented beverages to make, and yet can often have the most complex and nuanced flavors. Cider popularity has started to grow significantly in America, as Woodchuck's Monopoly was replaced by Angry Orchard, which is under threat by offerings owned by AB InBev. Yet more and more craft cideries are popping up, making some amazing ciders. This week, Mike and I decided to put down our beers and reach out instead for a cider in this week's Beer versus Beer edition. Batman! Batman! George Bush! Uh, you tell me, mister. I have both beers. So I have a confession to make. My beer is Samuel Smith's Organic Apple Cider. Uh, I can't really tell you much about it because instead of writing show notes for it, I decided to watch The League. Um, I randomly got myself hooked on that show. Wait, League of Their Own? or No, no, no like The League. It's a show I think it was on FX. It's been out for several years and I just started getting into it. It's hilariously funny and also very dirty. Well, I've been re-watching shows. I went through uh, uh, Dexter, I went through 30 Rock, and now I'm uh, just about at the end of Lost again. Oh, wow. Well, th this is the same guy right here that um, just started getting into Freaks and Geeks. So. Mm -hmm. well, I know you, I think you've championed that show, Rob. So I'm kind of surprised that a show about <laughs> fantasy football actually gets me entertained. But Well, the league's not so much about fantasy football although they do bring up a lot and they have guest stars that are from the nfl that i never recognize or know anything about <laughs> it's just hilarious it's about four idiots and the one guy's wife um yeah, yeah. who is equally an idiot um and quite fetching um but i'm a big fan of taco taco is by far oh, my yeah. favorite character um when he gets the naming rights of his brother's child and they name him chalupa batman <laughs> <laughs> based on a fantasy football trade slash bet deal going on um chalupa yeah now the baby's <laughs> name is legal name is christopher but they didn't nobody and his group of friends calls him that because uh he lost a bet and therefore uh his friend his his brother taco got to name the baby and chalupa batman is what they want his with. brother is named taco and he's named chalupa yes and he um homer simpson's his way through life he is a complete stoner yeah. burnout idiot duh and he always <laughs> makes money um and just sort of succeeds where everyone else tries really hard and doesn't so um 
yeah it's a pretty <laughs> hilarious show i'm i'm a fan and i noticed that netflix just put on like a new season so i'll oh, have yeah. to catch back up yeah um early early episodes like taco is able to get it into places without paying like cover charge or anything because they're eskimo brothers basically if, if uh, him and the other guy have had sex with the same woman that is oh. being an Eskimo brother. Apparently. Oh, I didn't so, know. And it's apparently, like blood, bro- blood brothers, but through the vagina yeah. as opposed to actually yeah. sharing, swapping blood. And he gets special perks that way. Huh. Yeah. I mean, this is Lancaster, so like everybody's Eskimo brothers with everybody more yeah, or less. Yeah, so. this is this. <laughs> it's the, an incestuous the, town. Yeah, the, the connections between people in Lancaster, um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of scared. We have Amish here. <laughs> and they're like they're having sex with first cousins. So. My favorite taco stumbling into success is he uh, decides he wants to make a uh, singing telegram thing, but rather than having it be like a dorky 1920s guy, he wanted to do it with cowboys from Dallas. And so to start his business, he buys DallasCowboys.com <laughs> from the Dallas Cowboys because apparently their IT person forgot to renew the domain. And then he ends up getting like $500,000 to like give back DallasCowboys.com to the Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Um, yeah. I lo- that show is really good. Even as a non-sports fan, it's really good. Um, but Freaks and Geeks is also phenomenal. And I don't know if you've finished it yet, but it's, uh, yet. No. it's really, really good. It's a shame that it died long before it should have. Yeah, right. Lindsay Weir, uh, my one and only true love. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of fetching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, tell us about this beer as opposed uh, to your television shows that we're currently watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say it's very apple-y. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I'm, I, I usually like my ciders a little bit tartar, much like that sour we just had. This is more of like a the Mott's apple juice, pretty much. Um, there's there's a very there's a a tartness there at the back end. Um, so it's not like super cloying, but it is, it is fairly sweet. Um, full in flavor. It, thank God it's not like sugary sweet. Like this isn't like, um, uh, well, any of those other mass marketed ciders. What's the one Sam Adams does? They don't market it under Sam Adams. It's they market Orchard. under it's Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. Yeah, yeah. That one was just, oof. and then you also have like Reds, which I believe is another mass market. Oh, I never tried Reds Apple Ale. And Jack's I think is, hmm. They had that one in the fridge too, and I was like, "Nope, not gonna do it." Um, yeah, and so this is a British cider, mm-hmm. right? Because Sammy Smith is yep. little Sammy brewery. Smith, usually very good at everything they make, organic. So that's cool. Yep. Um, yeah, actually, I'm wondering if this is actually big in England at all or not, because it feels much more like a American version of like an English cider, because their their spectrum of uh, ciders go from the fairly sweet like this to so dry it's almost vinegar mm. it's almost like apple vinegar um and having uh had a couple at like the great american beer or the great britain beer festival and then also having been to uh, a couple of markets um in london where uh there were cideries there if you got like the <coughs> the medium cider so it wasn't sweet and it wasn't dry but just the medium um you end up having something that is drier than anything you can find in America, and then if you went to the dry level, you were basically, <laughs> dry, you know, uh, you could brush your teeth with that. Is this stuff. sand? What is this? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty sour, uh, pretty tart, um, pretty dry. So uh, yeah, I it, this is actually a very nice cider, um, and it would be hard for something in America to compete with this. But uh, I feel like it is actually made more for the American audience than necessarily for the British audience. Yeah, I can see that. No, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, not very dry at all. Um, had this before but it's been a while so i forgot what it it tasted like but so it's a cider does that mean like is it gluten-free then yes yeah um they usually i was gonna say the fridge kind of puts on the same shelf as like the um omission beers and all those uh other gluten-free beers oh is omission like that's oh i didn't know that yeah so they're technically not allowed to argue they're not allowed to advertise that they are um gluten-free omission specifically um and it's because they actually make the beer normally and then they add an enzyme as part of the uh final stages of the brewing process to basically uh remove as much of the gluten as is possible so they're below the parts per million that would define it as gluten-free but i guess the fda argues that because there was gluten in it before and it's not completely eliminated from gluten um because it's it's lower than what like would agitate like a celiac person or anybody um so anybody who would have like uh, a gluten allergy should not notice any problems drinking a mission beer but the fda disputes 
the, the labeling it gluten-free because technically if you go down to the microscopic level, you could still find like gluten as whatever percent per parts is, per million. What is their flagship beers? And are they the, the lot beers? Or are they, am I confusing them with like lot No, omission is, they're just like oh, yeah. omission in a blue label and omission in like a yellow oh. label. And I don't yeah, know they, they go mostly on colors. In fact, I usually ignore them because I know them as the kind of gluten-free variety. Oh, okay. So... Um, and the, the, those I know that actually have like celiac disease and continue to drink say that they are actually superior than beers who do not use um, the grains that contain gluten in and use other stuff and try to like make a beer from that. That the omission actually tastes a hell of a lot better um, and doesn't agitate them. But for whatever reason, the uh, the FDA does not um, want to allow them to be to say that they're gluten free, which kind of sucks for them. Sounds like the next beer versus beer. Gluten-free beers? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried enough to really be an expert on them, so yeah, I have no idea. Very curious. And I know there's a couple out there. Like, I, I specifically know of a mission, but I know there's a bunch. Um, Son of a bitch. So I guess we so should try. So what's the ABV on a, a cider? 5%. Well, for this one. Um, do they normally run that? or That actually seems kind of high. I don't think ciders generally are too too up there. There's nothing to prevent them from being higher, but I think the, the market pressure basically keeps them lower as like a fruity, desserty, you know, not huh. necessarily super strong. Um, because you can just keep adding sugars. Like you could start with the apple cider. Like a lot of apple cider beginning recipes will say start with um, non homogenized um, or non pasteurized uh, cider. So you, you know, still doesn't, you don't have chemicals in there to like kill uh, yeast when you add it to the, the brew cycle. And then add additionally um apple juice concentrate just a chalk it full of a apple flavoring and b tons of sugars and then when you have the yeast go they have a lot more sugars to eat to produce more um alcohol so you could add additional adjuncts like sugar just straight up sugar um to get the abv higher if you wanted to but for the most part nobody's really looking for a 12 percent cider you know i don't know how many people would be super excited about a 12 percent cider for example <laughs> Um, so I guess we should try my beer. So Jesse can, uh, did you happen to grab that out of them? Yep. Yeah. I got them all right here. Awesome. Um, is there a stack of glasses here? Yeah. You almost had it. But one thing I didn't realize when I was doing, when I was doing my research is that there's actually, um, so in the wide world of apples, there's like table apples which are like your everyday eating apples there's cooking apples which are specifically for making pies and then there's also cider apples huh. beers that are like very tart but they actually make very good cider um and i've never heard of any really any of these um i don't even know where you get them you have the, uh varieties called like brown snout <laughs> fox whelp golden russet golden oh. spire hang down harrison cider kingston black red streak Slack my girdle. So these are not Downton Abbey names. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could be too. I don't know. These are like Dukes of Hazard names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mike went with a choice that was uh, international from across the pond. I went with something that was a little bit more local, um, mm -hmm. specifically from Pennsylvania. Uh, so this is Big Hill Cider Works uh, Cider. Adams County, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but really close to us. So, uh, yeah, this is just their stand. If I'm reading, yeah, the label is uh, the standard variety. They do have uh, a hopped variety, which is interesting. And uh, they have a, what they call um, a barrel-aged reserved, which is actually quite tasty, um, where they um, ferment it in aged whiskey and brandy barrels, which is pretty awesome. And they have a spiced sort of cider for their summer seasonal, which is called summer scrumpty. But today we're just having the standard, which... This cider sets the standard with a bright, full-forward flavor profile. No added sugars or flavors, just carefully selected apple varieties that are grown, pressed, and fermented right there at the Big Hill, available year-round. And so this is about as um, home as home gets. What is the ABV on this? Um, that is actually a good question. As it's dark out here, it's hard to say. Hmm. Uh. 5.5. 5. 5.5. 5. It's about hmm. the same. And speaking of uh, local cideries, I actually passed by randomly the other day uh, the other local cidery, Windridge. Um, mm. So I think that'd be fun to do sometime, go down there. They also are um, starting to do like actual beer because they have that IPA now. Yeah, and a porter too. 
Oh, really nice. Yeah, nice. I thought I saved myself. Is that it? Yeah. So this um. Mm. <clears throat> this sort of bigger in flavor. Period. So I feel like it is sweeter on first blush, but it actually is pretty tart on the end. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know how I would classify this in the spectrum. I'd probably put it maybe a little sweeter than the Sammy Smith's, but there really? is such a nice tart kick at the end, which kind of like cuts out that sweetness pretty nicely. Yeah, I get that tartness. It's like a Sour Patch Kid, that kind of ascorbic acid like tartness up front, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, really nicely balanced. Um, definitely tastes more apple-y. Not that uh, the Samuel Smith doesn't taste like apples, because oh boy. <laughs> right. But uh, we're comparing cider to cider here. It's a pretty hard... Well, yeah, this is just a bigger flavor. Yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I like this one much better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's more easy drinking. The other one was just too sweet for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Yours tastes more like a, a, like if I were to make a toothpaste yeah. version of apple. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm I, I'm cutting too early. I know it's my decision, and no, usually funny. say that, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Rob wins this one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, big hill, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta admit they don't do a whole like. There's been um, so like Windridge does uh, fruit flavored ciders, okay. and they have like yeah, a cranberry yeah. and a raspberry, I think. Yeah, um, they're great. They're sweet. They're amazing. But uh, Big Hill is just saying we're making damn good ciders, and uh, bravo to them because mm. they are actually really good. You know, I'd be curious to see what that like one and whiskey or whatever the whiskey barrel. Oh, the barrel age is actually very nice. Oh wow, um, I've had that. Really, yeah, they that uh, does sound good. Um, and then the hopped one is. It's good. It's I, different, but it's good. I thought about kind of putting a spin on this and getting both of the um, hopped at ciders. That might be another good beer. Ooh, yeah, beer that would be good. Um, so, yeah, uh, very nice. I am a fan. Um, I actually really like both these beers. Uh, having them side... Pardon me. Having them side by side is actually um, really educational. I feel like it's hard to judge ciders because um, they're usually so sweet that uh, having them and then like coming back to a different one like two months later, it's really hard to compare them. And you don't really have like four ciders in a night, you know, most often. So having these two back to back, I agree with Jesse's assessment that uh, the Big Hill is better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's weird to me to think that like the Sammy Smith is sort of like subdued compared to the Big Hill. I would never have guessed that from no. first blush. I would have been like, no, this is a sweet delicious organic cider and this is also going to be equally potent but slightly different and it's like no one is actually bigger than the other hmm. yeah kind of do they use that. the same apples or i would imagine course. they use quite different apples i would yeah. imagine that uh samuel smith uses uh british apples and uh big hill probably uses uh, oh that's right yeah one is from england here. and one is here local hmm. um Big, big apple country, though, out there in Adams County. Yeah. Tons of apples. Mm. Well, I know New York is really pushing for cideries right now that they have, like, a whole tourism thing, like, come out in the, you know, sp- oh. in apple yeah, season. I think the Finger Lakes Sorry, when I lived in Ithaca, we used to have an apple fest in Ithaca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, we, had a, we had the whole center of town would be shut down, and they have, like, people there with every kind of apple you could possibly imagine. Like, there was these tiny little miniature apples, mm-hmm. and... Like, you pay a little fee. It's the same thing. They used to have, like, a chili fest type thing. And then you just pay a little fee. And then you just go in and just, like, have food. Yeah. Have a variety of apples from the different vendors. And it was amazing. Ithaca was a magical place. I want to go back to that island. I'm sorry. Bennington, Vermont to... has a garlic festival, which is... A oh. garlic festival? Garlic festival. Oh, no yeah. one's kissing there. Yeah. Uh, you got, like, hillbilly dudes <laughs> with shirtless carrying around a stick with a bunch of clove of garlic tied to it. And you can just buy cloves of garlic right there. I've had... Uh, garlic fudge, garlic jam, garlic syrup. Like, they put garlic Ooh. in goddamn anything for that thing. It's pretty crazy. Garlic in your cereal. Garlic fudge is actually quite tasty. Really? Yeah. Chocolate and garlic somehow worked. I don't know how they did it, but it worked. Garlic wow. and chocolate. Well, I do I do love apples. I mean, I'm always big into trying, like, different varieties. We don't get too many, like, wild things around here. Lancaster's a very apple conservative, but yeah. I know New York is, uh, I think they that's where they um, have, like, a apple experimental center up there like they're always trying to grow new varieties up in there mm. yeah huh well gentlemen it's 855 let's, oh. let's wrap this thing up so we can go watch a little bit of the GOP debate alright so why do you uh, quick run home and get another bottle of that Vermont beer <laughs> yeah. uh, I have another can of the two roads that oh, we can okay. share amongst ourselves so um, yeah that's it for today's show uh, thanks for listening to our fall cider episode 
Uh, join us next week when we will have another sample episode. Um, still in the works. We're deciding kind of if we're going to do um, interview, location, scouting, review, or um, actually tell us 360. For, for those of you listening, is uh, uh, actually screening the Harrisburg um, craft beer documentary that we recently reported on on Monday night. And whether or not we use that as our sample set or not, I think I will be there to um, check that out. So you can get a, to get together with a bunch of other craft beer enthusiasts at one of the nicer bars in Lancaster and um, drink and learn about the central Pennsylvania craft beer scene, which is pretty phenomenal. So thanks for listening. And of course, make sure you take a lot, a lot of beer with you when you have to listen to Donald Trump for two hours. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to oh. subscribe yeah, fuck to you show, guys. Bobby Jindal, Lindsey Graham, be in the baby debate. Baby debate. Is that what's going on right now? Yeah, it looks like uh, there's like four douchebags. And then I guess the three-hour coverage starts at eight. So we can probably Jesus. drink for Three a while. Three-hour coverage. coverage. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it looks like that'll start shortly. And then uh, uh, even if we wrap this up in an hour and goddamn half, we'll only have missed half of it. So. Cool. Let's get drunk and watch the debate. All right. Well, I'll get started.